Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. We have Joshua Crabb with us now in our studios here in Hong Kong, head of Asia Pacific Equities at Rubico. So, Joshua, I mean, just for a few moments on the Fed driving a lot of, of action, we, we understand that the central bankers need to talk up a good game here to beat inflation. They don't want... Uh, the easing of, of financial conditions that come from investors playing the other side. But investors, you know, they're not stupid either. They're, they're going to make assumptions by looking at the data when the Fed might make an adjustment. And so that's the sort of give and take that we're in right now. Uh, is it a positive give and take for you or is it kind of negative? Uh, well, <clears throat> it will definitely drive some volatility. I think, you know, clearly over the last 12 months, the Fed's gone from thinking about not, not thinking about uh, raising rates to uh, inflation being number one sort of uh, item on the agenda. Um, you know, I guess from, from our perspective, that's driving a lot of volatility. I think the, the sort of, you know, comment you made is right. So every time we sort of see some data or some evidence that maybe things are slowing down a little bit, the equity market has a big rally. Uh, and then the, the opposite side of that is then that makes the Fed think, wow, we need to actually be even more staunch in our stance. So I think this is going to be ongoing for a while, at least until we saw a dramatic change in, in, in the level of core inflation. One of the things we're discussing at the moment is, does the Fed take it too far? Is there a risk of something breaking? I guess that depends on your perspective of whether you think inflation is the bigger risk or, or a slowdown in the economy. Um, you know, I guess the premise, you know, as an observer, I'm more of an equity guy, but as an observer, you know, the Fed said they would do anything to sort of stop, you know, a 1929 sort of style event on the way down. And now they've sort of reversed course. I think everyone thought this was not going to be symmetric, uh, but it feels like the Fed is taking it from a symmetric perspective and they clearly see that the risk is being more inflation now. Before we were talking, uh, Joshua, you did remind us you are an equity guy. And the last time we spoke, you were noting the big valuation gap uh, between U.S. and Asian assets. Do you expect that gap to widen or narrow over the coming months? Um, I guess we expect it to narrow. Um, I think, you know, it's always interesting how these things play out. You know, the last month we saw obviously another sort of aggressive sell-off around 10%, um, clearly accompanied by a lot of US dollar strength, and Asian markets sort of held their own in, in, in that sell-off. And I think we've noticed that a lot this year in those sort of sell-offs, the Asian markets have been a little bit uh, better protected. And a lot of ways this sort of reminds me of that sort of, you know, period we saw sort of of 98 to 2003. And during that period, obviously, we'd had the Asian financial crisis. Asia sort of came out through that. And then we had the big boom in technology stocks. And everyone thought, you know, American companies were going to sort of basically control the world, the network effect, et cetera. And you saw a huge valuation gap open up, which is very similar to what we saw, you know, maybe six to 12 months ago. 
And then as that uh, that unraveled, that sort of you know heat came out of the market, the valuations came down, and then as we saw stance move more accommodative, actually between 2003 and 2009, 2010, we saw massive outperformance from Asia. And that was because it had got to very, very cheap valuations, um, and then we started to see a bit of stimulus going back through the markets. If we sort of think about what we're seeing now, again, we saw for different reasons that big divide sort of open up. We're seeing the US, particularly the NASDAQ, coming off quite aggressively. And I think as that starts to stabilise, uh, you know, as we do see, uh, you know, more supportive policies coming around, then that, you know, Asia coming from pretty close to sort of lows on price to book valuations does have room to expand. So in, in, in a lot of ways, that feels quite similar to me. So for investors, time is, is, a, is a real issue here because they see these low valuations and, and they like the idea of getting companies that they know pretty well, trading down at 12, 13, 15 times earnings. Uh, but if... if if some of these uh, prices are sticky here and you have the, the Fed keeping interest rates high for maybe a whole year or so, up around 4.5% and other central banks uh, in line with that, um, it kind of feels like dead money for the next year. And so they'll do other things with their money. It, is, is time a, an important factor for you? Yeah, look, I think it, it is because a lot of the things, you know, revolve around policy uncertainty and, and you have to wait it out. Um, but when you say you look, look to do other things with your money, well, if we look at all the other asset classes, again, you know, like whether it's been property, whether it's been bonds, even whether it's been things like crypto, they've all been quite weak. And that's why it's quite an unusual circumstance. Uh, and this is where I come back to the point. When you, when you look at equity returns, there's three components, right? There's earnings growth, there's multiple expansion, and there's dividend yields. And when earnings are, are you know, soft to low and when you know, uh, multiple expansions going backwards, not forwards, then often you're back to the sort of world of yield. Um, and I think that may be, a, may be an area where if things do stay subdued, uh, garners some more interest. Uh, you know, and even I guess we're starting to see a little bit more yield turn up in the very short end you know, of, of uh, the bond curves as well. Mm. So maybe that becomes a new focus. In terms of equities, though, what do you like at the moment? I know you observed that uh, Korean tech is getting close to the floor. Is that a buy? Yeah, look, again, these are those things where, again, you know, I think you need to wait a bit. You know, our, our you know, market that we've liked the most has been sort of ASEAN and particularly Indonesia. Um, now, that's no longer a contrarian view. I think, you know, that's become, you know, it's done well and a lot of people, uh, you know, starting to look at it. But at least there we've got, you've still got growth, you've got indigenous sort of opportunities. And I think that's why those sort of markets start to stand out. However, I think there are some other opportunities we need to start looking at. Again, you know, the, the big Korean, you know, tech companies are getting down to pretty close floor valuations we've seen over the last 20 years. Um, you know, clearly the earnings are, are going to still be under pressure for a while there, but that is going to create some opportunities. Mm. China, again, we all know that's been a market which is, uh, you know, very much in everyone's, you know, uh, you know, negative books at the moment. But again, you've got a lot of attractive valuations there. The problem being policy, we're not sure when things are going to change. And do, that do, makes you, it hard. do you look forward to the time when you can kind of set macro aside and focus more on, on the micro of individual companies? Well, I think that's sort of the environment we're in for a while. I think, you know, again, you know, people have had to come to terms with the fact that the Fed's changed trajectory. People have had to come to, the, to terms with the fact that interest rates have gone up um, and they're starting to come to terms with the fact the economies are slowing down. And that macro impact has been very dramatic. Um, but I think, you know, again, it's, it, it's hard to sort of have an edge now around those, those aspects. So I think focusing more on stocks is going to become uh, a lot more important. All right, Joshua Crabb, Head of Asia-Pacific Equities at Rebecca, thanks so much for joining us today on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? 
With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.